Just a few film nerds breaking out of a rut Drooling over cinema that's hard and uncut Stick us in your ear, thrill to this month's picks And come and listen in, we're measuring flicks Let's just roll with it Let's just be spontaneous I like it Hello everyone, welcome to Measuring Flicks I'm Carl Hartley I'm Max Peterson. Yeah, I said that real weird. <laughs> I keep did. saying them like more and more strangely every time I intro. I this cannot show. wait to hear uh, what you sound like by season two. It's gonna be like <laughs> I won't even be speaking English anymore. <laughs> oh, and I'll just be like, I'm, I'm Max Peterson, and I need a drink. <laughs> Carl, the show started so well. All right, uh, today is our second episode of uh, our series called Nick Flicks, or is it or Nick, Nick Picks? Pick. I think it's Nick Picks. It's Nick Picks. Vamp. Uh, you know, it is Nick Picks. I know that for sure, because okay. it's uh, the play on words for Dick Picks. Correct. Yes. You uh, we, show me yours, and I'll show you mine. We have some. Uh, we have two series coming up for uh, our birthday months, which have the word Flicks in them. I think it's Carl's Flick Picks. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right. So I confused myself. It's okay. Any, anywho, um, so we are doing, it's the second week of, uh, of Nicolas Cage Appreciation Year. So uh, let's get into the cage. Let's with get into the cage. Okay, we are doing 1994's Kiss. Five, isn't it? 94 on the back of the, my DVD case. Oh, IMDb, you lie. IMDb it because I'm looking at the DVD case right now. Oh, wait, 1994, 20th Century Fox, 1995 color. You are correct, sir. Nice. This film was released in 1995, but the copyright is 94. The copyright is 94. Fair enough. So, 1995's Kiss of Death, uh, directed by Barbet Schroeder. Now, it's a remake of like a 1940s. 41. Yeah. Uh, the original film is 1941. This blew my fucking mind, Carl. Because I, I ordered the DVD because a couple of the Nick Cage movies were hard to find. This is one of them. Valley mm-hmm. Girl is the other. And I looked at the cover of this and I'm like... It's like not a great cover, right? Oh, uh, look. It's it's Mr. CSI himself. It's David, it's Caruso. David Caruso. And then I'm like, holy Helen shit, is that, is that Helen Hunt? And then I'm like... That's Samuel L. Jackson. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even fucking it, stop there. It sure doesn't. Ving Rhames is in this movie. Nicolas Cage happens to appear briefly in this film. Right. And th- maybe the most unsung uh, uh, actor in this film, Stanley, Stanley Tucci. Tucci. He's yeah. so fucking good in this. I love any scene with him eating something or about to eat Dude, something. Dude, him and his dogs. Him yep. and them hot dogs. Holy shit. Before we get into the movie. Yes. Weird. This was my pick, so you know I like it. Oh my god! And well, spoilers, <laughs> I fucking love this movie. Awesome. Uh, okay, so uh, we let's do a little bit of housekeeping. We're gonna try and make this month the month where we tell everybody repeatedly what the show is, in case anyone's using this as their jumping on point. Since mm-hmm. we're gaining a little bit of steam, we have fifty subscribers right now. I love that. So. Measuring Flicks is a f- deep, deep, deep dive film appreciation con, uh, con, <laughs> film, appre- you know what, that's right, film it appreciation is, conversation. Con- conversation, yep. Um, it's an, it's an ongoing conversation between Carl and I where we, once a week, sit down and watch a movie on a theme. Uh, each month has its own theme. What we're going to do is quarterly, we're going to take all the movies that we've done in that quarter and fucking throw them into Thunderdome. Thunderdome. <laughs> Two movies enter, one, one movie, movie leaves. leaves. And we figure out which movie is the winner for the quarter. And at the end of the year, boom, four-way fucking shootout, baby. <sighs> it's going to be awesome. And actually, at the conclusion of this month, we have to do our first. We do. I'm so yeah. oh excited God. for it. 
Yes. Um, okay. Four so, and a half hour shootout episode. It, or it's going to be like 22, 22 minutes. 22 seconds yeah. where yeah. we're like, so the searchers so are searchers, like, yeah, searchers. All right, that's the episode. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've got plans for that episode. I mean, yeah. we're going to, we might do have to do some film stuff because I'm going to make charts and graphs. I love it. Oh my God. No, I'm, I'm stoked. Okay. So that's what measuring flicks is. We're literally measuring films against each other. And also just appreciating them in mm-hmm. a weird way um one of the, the hallmarks of our show so far has been films that you might not have seen mm-hmm. films that you might not want to see no, right. no i'm just kidding but like the more obscure stuff the the more the the indie stuff that flew under the radar and strange stuff kind of like the movie we're watching today i don't understand how i'd never heard of this movie of kiss of death yeah it's incredible. Um, so that's what measuring flicks is. Uh, I did want to do a Patreon thing as well. Oh, yes. Right, right, yeah, right. Shout out to Patreon. So over on patreon.com slash Max Peterson, we um, are doing a Patreon. If you don't know what Patreon is, it's a um, it's a, basically a way for people to support the artist's that they like in making their art. Um, it's a platform where you pledge to uh, pledge a certain amount of money every month or in my, the way that I've set mine up is per release of paid thing. So if I don't do work for seven months, you don't pay for stuff. Um, so over there, what we're doing is Patreon only episodes, which feature films that people that might not fit in our regular scheduled programming or might be a bit too controversial or too extreme for the regular programming. We're also doing sequels and we're doing remakes over there. Some of the stuff we have planned for the future is we're going to do all the Lethal Weapon movies, all the Die Hard movies. We might do all the Rocky movies. If oh, we God, guess. I hope so. Um, yeah, you're from over in that neck of the woods. Oh, yeah, man. So this, uh, what the, la- the, let's see, it's going to be May. When people hear this So there's a good chance that we have Our first series up right now Which is the I Spit on Your Grave Series of films Um, So I'm just going to read you the back of the I Spit on Your Grave DVD Because it's my It's my fucking favorite description of a film ever. I Spit on Your Grave has been condemned By many as vile, depraved And degenerate filmmaking Others hailed it as misunderstood Hailed it as misunderstood superb cinema and the ultimate feminist movie. Now, more than 30 years later, we experience one of the most hated, debated, and divisive movies of all time. Uh, as of this recording, we have watched the two remakes. Mm-hmm. We're going to watch the the other two. Uh, there's a third one, and we're going to watch the 1978 original. I kind of agree with that. That yeah, back that matter. blurb is pretty accurate as far as, as yeah and there uh since we are talking in the future there's a good chance that we are currently working on our second patreon series which is all uh four of the films of guillermo del toro yes so anyway you can head on over there check all that stuff out and my page is well structured and well thought out <laughs> so it will explain itself better than i just explained it but uh fuck all that let's talk about nick cage can we holy shit carl he's 50 pounds heavier than i've ever seen him he, and it's pure muscle yeah he is Caught. I mean, he is a he is a he is a dump truck. He is. Just, How did he get so thick. big? I don't know. Is he, and his face is even big. I mean, he is. Thick. I noticed that he's his like neck and jaw yeah. is so muscular that it like pushes his ears out. Mm-hmm. He's fucking huge in this movie. This was my first introduction to Nicolas Cage and Samuel L. Jackson as actors. This was your first this, Samuel this, L. Jackson. Yeah, my first Samuel L. Jackson movie. Yeah. When I was so ninety five is the year I graduated. And I was a late bloomer to a lot of like what many people would consider to be like 
like the the movies that everyone saw. Right, right, right. right. Like, um, my introduction to Samuel L. Jackson was Pulp Fiction. Okay, I think yeah. a lot of people came to him through that. That yep. or uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance. Exactly. Yep. Um, so this was my and David Caruso too. Um, so pretty he's much everyone. young as shit. He's really this. young, and he's like. He's my least favorite part about the movie, but I'll really? get into, into that yeah. later. And okay. it's for very like superficial reasons. Nothing against <laughs> like his acting. He does yeah, fantastic. Like I don't like people with red the, hair. I don't, <laughs> he's a daywalker, and <laughs> no. Um, but this movie was a standout for me because um, I watched this the same summer that I watched In the Mouth of Madness. Oh, okay. The f- and I watched this one. with my, my best friend uh, from Big Rapids as well. He sort of like directed me towards it and we watched it together. So a lot of the movies that I picked for this for our first season of of movies um, come from a very like personal sort of, not only do I remember the movie uh, and enjoying it, but like it's, it's kind of like origin. It's like thing. origin story. Yeah, film exactly. This is as where, as a film lover, this is one of the movies. This is where I came from. This is my history of appreciation in movies. And I remember seeing the preview for this movie. And in the preview for this movie, uh, you have Nicolas Cage bench pressing a stripper. Yeah. And he's counting, and he's like, like at low numbers either. I think he's pushing. Dad, for I'm like, going for forty. Going for forty. Watch. Right? Well, he and gets he, to 38, and he, he is, calls to his he dad. He calls his I'm going for 40. You right. know what's fucked up about, or not fucked up, but, yeah, fucked up, but cool about that scene is, I don't think they faked that. I think I, he legitimately bench-pressed a yeah, woman. Yeah, because I was looking specifically this time, I'm like, is there wire removal, How or they, is there not wire, but right. I think he's actually bench-pressing like 108 pounds. She's slim, but still. She's petite, but she's she's like not, she's fit, like she's... Right, right. Yeah, but... she's uh. The the she's she's staying like fairly rigid, which makes it easier to lift someone, and she is pretty small. Right, but still, he does a lot of reps on screen. I know they cut, so he maybe right, took a but break, he's but doing still, several in a row in the same shot. Jesus, and he's effortlessly, he's, and it's not even when when you do bench press on a bench, your elbows can go below, below. flat. There's actually something called a floor press, which is exact as actually what he's doing, where you lay on the floor, so your elbows can't, go, can't lower go lower than flat, so you can't bounce. It's so harder he's like to straight do. Pressing this he's woman. legit strong in this movie. And can we talk about the best stunt in this movie, which showcases his fucking inhuman strength and also the incredible bravery and badassery of stuntmen when he grabs the drunk guy out of the oh, truck and throws him against and throws the, him against the other truck. He hurls him like seven feet. He pulls him out of a semi truck, which is like a good two or three steps up off the ground. Oh into yeah, the yeah. Cab. The guy's he already above Nick Cage's head. Yeah. And he, yeah, he, he he Superman throws this dude he, against another truck. Oh my god, the guy the, the guy hits the tight the like the t- the wheel of yeah. the other truck and bounces off it and lands on the ground and there's like blood on his head and I swear to God, watching that movie, I'm like, I think that's real I blood. I think that's real blood. I think that stuntman got fucked up because they didn't. There's no way they faked that. I'm no. like, I thought it was a dummy for a second, but then he kicks him. They don't cut away. He kicks him, and the guy curls up. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Yep. They just threw a stuntman like eight feet into a wheel onto the ground. Yep. From like a height of like eight feet in the air. It was it was awesome. That was a great. So stunt. as a high school senior watching this movie <laughs> and watching it again now, I was like, oh, there's more story. Like this is like uh this is a thriller. It's like a crime drama and. And Nicolas Cage being absolutely crazy. Yeah. But 
the only reason I like this movie when I was in a senior is, is to like, can we get to the next crazy scene with Nicholas Cage, Cage being again? fucking crazy? And, and he's the best part of this movie. Yeah. Oh God. Absolutely. Like, there are, there are a lot of great parts. Like, mm-hmm. and there's cool story stuff too. I like the plot and yep. I, I like, I think, uh, we'll get into the plot's it. a slow burn. It's well, like your we'll, classic sort of, we'll get into it. I think I like all the performances. I mm-hmm. don't think there's really a weak, performance in the house but would uh, you mentioned uh, crime best crime movie since uh, would you say that this is the best crime movie since scorsese's goodfellas no i wouldn't agree with that uh yeah that's a bit uh ambitious there david denby new york magazine right i read that when i finished watching this i'm like i like this movie but it's not it's not fucking goodfellas who are you but nick cage is i'm glad you, i'm glad you picked this because uh after last week's uh the drive angry where I slavered all over it, and you were like, "This movie was bullshit." Uh, <laughs> I was as I was physically upset and angry about Drive Angry. So it accomplished its goal. It did. When you, you left know, here, you drove home angry. I did drive home angry and exhausted. But yeah, this this movie was just a joy to go back and watch again. It had been years and years and years since I'd seen this. Um, and it, and it's like so. I mentioned David Caruso. Mm. And I remember having an issue with him when the, the first time I watched it in in '95. Is he plays a pretty badass character in this? He's a guy that used to work for like the New York part of like the New York mob, essentially. Yeah, this ex-con. I think he was a car thief. Yeah, he was he's part a car, of like he a car cars, right? Ring, yeah. So he tried to get out get out of it and go straight, and his buddy um, sort of gets him in for one last job is what we see in this movie is him trying to boost, uh, some semi trucks that are full of cars, Dude, his right? Buddy is such a, his his, but Mac, Michael Rappaport plays the best scumbag white gangster oh my God. that wants to be he's a perfect. not white gangster. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, perfect. Perfect. And he's a, a fantastic director in his own right, but director really Michael Rappaport, the, the guy who plays his scumbag cousin. Yeah, he sleeps with his, He's a director. Yeah, what does he direct? Uh, I think he did not Hurt Locker, but the other one that You're was shitting sort me. of not um, Hurt Locker. The other one that Jarhead? was sort of uh, no, because that was Sam Mendes. But one of the he did one of those like uh, Middle Eastern like um, we can we can look him up at some point. But Lone Survivor, Lone Sicario. Survivor kind of thing. But yeah, oh, Michael Rappaport is a is a director. Really? So. Wow, that's g- good for him. Good yeah, on right? him wearing a lot of hats. That was his performance in this. The, and you know what? Got to give credit to to the writing. The writing, the dialogue is so gr- great. Yeah, it's it's it 90s feels great. like a nineteen forty six noir film at, at times. The way the the dialogue is handled, the score is almost ripped right out of a. Yeah, the score of, is great. P- it's that sort of old Los Angeles uh, feel to it, like the. In the music, yeah, that not like kind of jazz, like that kind of like bleak, like yeah. nihilistic, uh, crime not like, noir not, jazz, yeah, not detective not, jazz though. Right, not not L.A. story, right, or whatever. Right, right. We're LA not confidential. L.A. confidential. Right. No, it's not like. It's like the Diet Coke version of that. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So. It's but it's not Muzak either. It's a good. It's a good soundtrack, but um. I, people kept reviewing that I read a couple of things online and everyone calls this a, a film noir and it's not no. it really is not like because no I'm really I have a real soft spot for noir and noir is a really specific genre it originated I don't know if you can tell this by the f- literal French word that it is it's a French it's taken from French filmmaking style uh, story. I must be thinking about somebody that is not Michael Rappaport. Oh, he's not a director? No. Well, fuck this guy. No, I'm Screw him. Screw him with his fat head. 
<laughs> when you said the Hurt Locker, I'm like, no, I no. would never in a million years have guessed that that showed. No. <laughs> directed the fucking Hurt Locker. No, he directed like an episode of Boston Legal and like something else. Was it a great episode of Boston Legal that took place in Iraq? I think so. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, I mean, good on him then. Well done. Never mind, Michael Rapoport. Your uh, <laughs> Iraq War Boston Legal episode was just killer. so good. Just stunning. Um <laughs> But shit, what was I saying? I don't remember. It doesn't really matter. Moving on. Um, I wrote down the, my first two notes for this film. I was expecting... Because I have just I just watched Drive Angry. Mm-hmm. I just watched a Nicolas Cage movie that wasn't His amazing. strongest performance? Yeah. So I wrote down... My two notes weren't even like, uh, performance. Blah, blah. I, wrote, I wrote down, 90s films aren't dated anymore because this is fashion now. Oh, when, yeah. When we first see Helen Hunt... My thought went... Mom jeans? It, she is in mom jeans and a t-shirt, but I was like, I was about to critique it in my head, and then I thought back to like the last 10 pop music videos I've seen, and I'm like, oh wait, everybody wears those Everyone's now. wearing guest jeans That again. is yeah. what people wear today in 2018. So I'm like, oh cool, this movie's not dated. Yep. And at no point in this film was I like... Yeah, those are some costumes. I'm like, yeah, all of this looks right to me. <laughs> Even Nicolas Cage is like weird. I'm like, look, it's the situation, but with a goatee. But with a goatee. It's not even that far fucking off. He literally dresses like Jersey Shore people. You're like, yeah, yeah, I believe it. I believe it. And then I wrote down, uh, Jesus Christ, his hair is red. <laughs> yeah. Oh, David Caruso? Oh, my God. Oh, does yeah. he oh, die? Because in CSI, he does not, his hair is not like. That is, that's a ginger's version of graying. I think is the the ginger it gets auburns, less. It gingery. auburns up a touch, because I'm telling you, man, it looks like a fire on his. It head. is. It's a fire. <laughs> oh, and that was the thing I was saying about you know watching his performance back in '95, and he's playing this this sort of like a hardened criminal. He's done time. He knows how to do time. I, when he is being, I bought it too. I don't. So really, I, okay. I feel like. David Caruso a lot of times is trying to be the Rottweiler, but he's coming across to me as like an angry Chihuahua mm. because he doesn't for me. I'm nothing against him as an actor. I actually really enjoy like a guilty pleasure of CSI Miami. I yeah, think yeah, it's yeah. like whatever. It's it's um it's just good procedural bullshit. But uh, I might I, I expect because of the CSI Miami thing. Mm-hmm. I expect that the intro to this show ah. might might have a touch of a, a, right. a little sting at the beginning of it. But no, go ahead. I'm sorry. But it's just, I never really bought him as uh, I never believed him as like the hardened criminal or that that he could threaten somebody in a way that they would feel physically threatened by him. He didn't take off a pair of sunglasses even one time. Not even once. But um, as far as the the physicality thing, I think is I want. But to he's super that. smart. He is. He knows how to. I mean, he essentially as an gets actor Michael, his character in this. His character. In yeah, this. Yeah, oh, yeah, He's yeah, also yeah. super smart in real life too. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But but he finds a way when he's in jail to to get back at Michael Rappaport by making it seem like he ratted that on them. That was amazing. Brilliant, right? That was so good when he that I loved that little subplot where Helen Hunt it's it's all it's, it's David Crusoe's wife, right? Right. Helen Hunt plays David Crusoe's wife and what was great about it, he he basically goes down for he got roped into one last job, goes to jail, and then his scumbag cousin starts making moves on his wife. And you know what? You know what's weird? Nicolas Cage plays a gangster in this movie. He's he's ostensibly like the bad guy. I liked him throughout because 
even though his character's like a impulsive he baby. He is the muscle and he's an impulsive baby, but he doesn't He has he has a moral compass. Yeah. It's fucked up, but he's always true to it. Yep. And he acts consistently. This I, I wrote down a couple of times. I have a I have a fair number of notes, but I Nicolas know Nicolas Cage's mourning for his father in this movie is the most amazing thing I've ever seen on film. Uh, which bit? When, I'm when with you, you go, which you go bit? back into the strip club and he's oh, oh, dancing oh, oh, okay. awkwardly and crying, <laughs> and he pushes somebody. He's like, "Fuck up! My father just died!" He, and, and he busts a he bottle busts on his head and then yeah. jams his head. He punches him and then slams his head off the bar and then goes back to like that weird headbang. The weird headbang. He's like pogoing. Yeah, he's pogoing and headbanging. But that's how like he's dealing with the loss of his father right. as this character. I'm like, that is the most brilliant thing I've ever seen. Okay. All right, we have to, we got, let's just fuck everything else. Let's okay. talk about Nicolas Cage's yeah. performance because I wrote down several times while I was watching this movie because I'd just seen Drive Angry. I've He does, we're going to watch another movie this month, Raising Arizona, which I believe is his pinnacle performance. Mm-hmm. But I've seen a lot of Nicolas Cage films and he's always fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes he's a good actor. But in this movie, I genuinely believe this is a great performance. Yeah. He is... It snuck up on me on this particular I viewing. I did not expect this at fucking all. Like he's junior, whatever the heck. That's he, who he's, he is. He's uh, little junior. Little junior. Uh, he, he is. He becomes that he be, person. That yeah, character. Yeah, yeah. Is that Nicolas Cage doing a character? No, not at all. It he, is. He's an actor playing. <laughs> like, and yeah. when you watch Nicolas Cage movies, sometimes he will step out to become Nicolas Cage for a for moment, a moment because, and he'll yeah. or he'll like Nick Cage it up. Mm-hmm. He's. A hundred percent in character, one hundred percent of the time in this yeah. movie, and his characterizations are stunningly good. This performance is, Carl. Thank you so. You're welcome. Fucking much. My pleasure. Dr- what made Drive Angry great was that Nick Cage phoned that whole movie in from start to finish. This movie, I don't. I'm not. He's not trying because you're not seeing him try. But a lot of work went into this. Yeah. This is a great performance one of my favorite uh when you said the morning the death of his father mm-hmm. the pogo thing that dance <laughs> that dance is awesome but what makes let's talk about the dance he he commits to it yes it's not him being weird nick cage it's this guy is emotionally stunted and doesn't know how to grieve so, so this, this is what, is he what he's doing yeah and you can see how pleased he is to have when that guy's like you know like what are you doing or like and he fucks him up yep. and goes right back to dancing you can you can feel and see in his body language you can hear it in his vocal performance that he's glad to have a familiar vent mm-hmm. for his feelings he's like oh this guy fucked with me now i can beat on him but once that's uh, gone he's got to go yep. back to just i love that he's, he is he is the big dog that loves to be let off the chain he lives for that. There's that moment when when his father is talking about, you know, they, they, they discover that Michael Rappaport may be the, the one that ratted them out on their on their job, right? Because yeah. David Crusoe's pulling the strings in jail. And, he's doing... and he decides that he's going to go ahead and sick his son on Michael Rappaport That's to tie up the loose end. He's, he's, he's like, jumping rope by the pool. He's jumping rope by the pool, and his fa- the father looks at him and says, no, we clean up our own messes. And, and Nicolas make- Cage makes eye contact with him. He has it like, oh, I get to fuck up a motherfucker now. You can see you can that see he knows it. what is going... He yep. knows what that look means. Yep. When his dad... He's just doing jump rope, and he looks over, and his dad... He His dad's made eye contact, and he realizes that... 
I get to go do some damage now. And his right. face changes. It's not Just like a big a little like, bit. like, he, yeah, like he, it's oh, not, he's not to... like, oh yeah, now it's Nick Cage time. It's not no, that. It's it so little. It's so subtle. But it's it's almost like when you're like looking at clouds and the clouds are nothing, 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 nothing. And then all of a sudden it's like a girl with a it, balloon. Right. It's that, it's that subtle and that crystal clear. Yeah. It's awesome. It's so awesome. Yep. What I I didn't write down the dialogue and I'm kicking myself for it. But when he is um when he's sitting down with uh David Caruso, Jimmy, mm-hmm. and after he, he when he comes over and Jimmy's wearing a wire and no one knows that at this point and he's all like freaked out or and he comes over there. It's right after his dad has died. Yes. And he sits down and he's like he says something like, you know, like I heard your wife died. And he goes, yeah. And he goes, my my dad just died last week. And you're like, is he trying to? Bond he's trying with to make a connection. Jimmy? But yeah. he's looking like looking around because he's a gangster. He's not gonna like just dive right in. Right. And he goes, uh, there's a moment where his voice almost breaks, and I almost cried. Where he goes, um, what do you think? It's what do you think's worse, losing your dad or your wife? And he goes, I don't know. I like David Caruso's yeah. performance in this, but he goes, he goes, I, I don't know, you know, I guess it's like a personal relationship and, you know, stuff like that. It's different from person to person. Different from right. person to person. And uh, Nick Cage goes, yeah, dad, uh, he, yeah, he goes, at the end, he had 5% of his lung function left. And he almost breaks and says, mm-hmm. he went hard. Yeah. <laughs> and... Oh my god! It almost fucked me up watching it. I almost yep. cried, man. Yeah, it's like, a very honest moment and 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 piece of performance. I'm not there. doing justice to it. I'm telling you guys, go and watch Kiss of Death anywhere you can find it. it is fucking worth it. But you that, may have to buy the DVD. You might have to, but it's not expensive. It's like eight or ten dollars. I think I, think I paid like eight on Amazon, yeah. and it's worth it. I'll watch this movie again and yep. again and again. Because there is enough nuance, I think, in this in the plot, not just Nick Cage's performance, but it's a solid, like. I, I couldn't keep up. Yeah. Usually when I watch movies, I'm like, I'm the copious notes guy. That's what I do for the show, mm-hmm. essentially. And I stopped noting to, I stopped taking notes to just watch. Right. And then by the time I got my pen back down, I'm like, oh shit, there was like 50 little threads I wanted to note. Yeah. This movie is like a, like watch it three times. And I promise, I swear to you guys, you will never get bored with this movie. Because mm. it's not all like subtle Nick Cage performance. It's fun as fuck. Oh, he, <laughs> he is. He throws the guy out of... <laughs> He is a Nick Cage you would want and expect him to be. He's just not playing Nick Cage in this movie. He's playing Little Junior. Right. And you know what? I, there's a Little Junior. Part of Little Junior's character that I love is the discrepancy between the the physical violence and the like line deliveries. My favorite moment is when he, mm. he shoots Ving Rhames in the head. Because he's yeah. like, they, they pull up to Ving Rhames' car. He has and Jimmy go to the driver's side to the talk The passenger to him. side. Or passenger side. Sorry, yes. He's like, he, he goes, go and tell him, ask him if he wants a Rolls. Because basically, uh, uh, Jimmy and Nick are selling stolen cars and Ving Rhames is buying them. He's also buying guns from them. We find out later that Ving Rhames is a fed. So that complicates the whole plot. Mm-hmm. But we've never, we don't talk about plot. We just talk about the film. So, <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing that. So he uh, he's like, Jimmy, go and, go and ask him if he wants to buy a Rolls. Tell him it's red. 
and Ving Rhames has said that red is his unlucky color. Right. Which makes the what happens in the rest of the scene so fucking awesome. Because you, you know what he's doing? He's doing that mafia send a message thing. Yep, send he's, a message, but it's he's not letting any time pass between the message and the delivery of, of the what end. happens, yeah. right. So if Jimmy walks up and he leans down and he goes, hey, how's it going? What are you doing? And Ving Rhames is like, what the fuck are you doing here? And he's like, oh, I just wanted to know if you... And then, blam, Bam. blood and shit all over jimmy yep and we we cut to the reverse and nick cage is just standing with a handgun through the window he just shot ving ramus in the back of the head and he used jimmy as a distraction on the passenger side so he could sneak over and fucking waste this dude he left his headlights on bright too so ving ramus couldn't couldn't see him approach it's such a brutal and surprising scene and what we've seen of of little junior in the past is this like i'm beating you to death i'm punching on you i'm so big and strong and angry and in this after he shoots him in the back of the head and starts walking jimmy's like what did you do yeah he's freaking out yeah and rather than be like i did what i had to you know rather than what you would expect nick caging it he goes what did i do you mess with the bully you get the horns that's what i did it's so it. it's flat, but not it's not like bad acting. Not flat. bad acting. It's just he's like I did what I had to do. You mess with the bully, get the horns. It's Next so fucking awesome the way he delivers yep. that line and the way that once the violence is done, he's good. He's good, and the the way that the rest of that scene plays out is he drops Jimmy off at the at the at the strip club. The drive home though, you got to hit that detail. On oh, the drive, the drive home, home with the metal. That's oh, he doesn't like dude, the taste the of metal best in his fucking mouth. Line in the yeah movie yeah they're driving yeah. and david caruso is covered, covered in, in blood. blood he's soaked in and ving rames's brains and like shaking and they're just driving and nick cage goes you know i can't i can't stand the taste of metal in my mouth it makes me gag i gotta use you know plastic silverware and stuff that's it that's, that's it. it and then they roll up to the club yeah and um he he drops jimmy off who's still Covered, covered in, in Ving Rams' blood. blood. <laughs> and and Nick Cage looks at, at Jimmy and says, you know, maybe we should uh, get together sometime. I don't know, maybe like hang out, talk about life and shit. We and s- then drives away. <laughs> well, he says, he says, uh, he gives him like an order. Because at this point, he's kind of like his crime boss. boss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he goes, you know, tomorrow, fuck the cars. Just come by the club. I feel like you and me should have a conversation about life and shit. But yeah. before that, he says, you know, I never... It's weird because... He's literally, he's like a child. Yeah, he, when he really first, is. When Jimmy gets out of the car at first, Lil Junior, is he seems so childlike because he says, you know, I never told nobody about that about the metal, metal before. Mm-hmm. And it's it's crazy what Nick Cage manages to do in like 30 seconds in that scene. He goes from like childlike to like crime boss where he's like, tomorrow just fuck the cars. And you're like, okay, he's a crime right. boss. And then he turns into like weird somewhat vulnerable it's it's a like he's looking for a real friend but doesn't want to be vulnerable but then is vulnerable it's nuts because how good he's, it yeah is. there's so many layers happening in this performance and i i will i confess i thought that um raising arizona was like a a weird fluke right oh yeah it's had, easy I, to think that i'd seen lots of like i've seen I feel like, like that like, with the cohen brothers Ghost anyways, Rusters, oh the, that raising arizona is a fluke Ooh, we're gonna get into this. <laughs> That's gonna get me. End later, of the month. Yeah. End of the month. But um, yeah. So like, I I didn't know that he was capable of this. I mean, I knew because I'd seen Raising Arizona, right. but seeing this just cemented it. This is truly layered and nuanced 
hunting. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what in the fuck? Nick, well, have you seen, is- uh, not Moonlighting, but Moonstruck? Uh, with Cher and Nicolas Cage? No. Yeah, uh, watch that. Okay. If you want to, we'll save that for season two. Season Nicholas two, Nicolas Cage months. Yeah, we're gonna do this forever. Just Nick Cage. Just all Nick Cage every. All time. Oh my god. Um, if you are a Patreon subscriber and you've heard season zero, particularly our Bronson episode, which is really just one of the best we ever did. It's like it's our first one. Too. Our first one. That Bronson episode is so goddamn good. Um. In the same way, we talk in that episode about how when Tom Hardy put on that much muscle for that role, mm-hmm. that his body, his was a that muscle became a character. Mm-hmm. Nick Cage is not Tom Hardy big in this, but his muscle in this movie, the the mass of him in this film, definitely I would call a character because his size his physical size i'm used to seeing nick cage skinny he's almost always like stick thin and he's fucking big in this movie and it changes that's that little bit of size it's like you know what i i he's sporting the goatee too i mean trailer park big yeah that's right julian big from like trailer park boys like yeah he's got that like he's got that like you know shoulders and the he's not cut but he's yeah he's he's like he's like like bro big he's right. like white trash weightlifter like strong man more strong man than bodybuilder yep, yep. but he's he's size he's got size and it changes the way he walks mm-hmm. and it changes the way that he literally it's a performance thing he uses his body he's aware of how big he is and he'll angle up on people yep and he the way that he moves is surprisingly graceful he's got swagger when he needs swagger when he's around people when he's with his entourage he like leads with his hips but when he's getting ready for violence it's all shoulders and his center of gravity lowers and his shoulders come forward it's fucking amazing it's so good carl (laughs) i can't can't say enough man it's just it's just amazing um i'm so tickled that you you enjoyed this movie as much as you did what did you the his costumes the track, the white track pants and white, white wife beaters and the like. Well, I wrote down uh, wearing an all white outfit to a bloody beat to death like that. Shame, shame, shame on you, sir. And it's after Labor Day. <laughs> I know what the fuck. But he throws on. He th- oh my god. He throws on the Gordon's fisherman. Uh, and he draws the blinds. Draws the he blinds. Throws on his fisherman's outfit and he plays. Uh, what the? Oh fuck is my that song? god. Bring the noise. Bring What's the noise or song? something on on his sweet. They- CD boombox which he gets blood all over and that's what upsets him most is there's oh, blood, blood all over like, my I just, oh, man, bought, I just this bought this thing beats a man to death he's upset because <laughs> his blood is on his portable CD player <sighs> uh, we jumped I'm glad we jumped to Nicolas Cage because I couldn't have contained my my appreciation of that performance right it's it's so fucking awesome when he gets arrested in the club, right? And they're like, "We're, you know, like you be, we're we're arresting you, and you're gonna face you know face charges." And he goes, "State or federal?" Right, state or federal. And they go both, and he goes, "You got nothing." And they just lead him out. They bust his nose, and blood is pouring down his face and, and he's shirt. What, he's like, "Whatever," Holy nonchalant shit. about it. Bronson and this movie. Bronson is post this film. Mm-hmm. I would bet money. That this director, or that uh, the director of Bronson, uh, Nicholas Winding Refn, yeah. watched this movie. Because when they lock Nick Cage up, 
He's not in a standard cell. He's in a cage. Oh, shit. He's in like crisscross cage. Oh, shit. Cage, yes. yes. And he, he is. is moving like a caged he's, animal he's in there. The, yeah. Maybe Tom Hardy. I don't know, but I, this this feels there's there's no way that's an accident. Right. There's no fucking way. He's he's moving in like this animalistic way, and the second he sees his lawyer, this is awesome. The second he sees his lawyer, he beeline. He doesn't get too close to the fence, but he like he locks onto him, and his head stays on him, mm-hmm. and he follows him and with his body and keeps his shoulders squared up to him as he passes. He literally stalks him from inside the cage, and when the cage opens, he becomes a, he human, becomes again. a human again. But while but he's, he's an animal, while, while he's, he's pacing, oh, and it's such a it's such an amazing facsimile of like a predator. Yeah. It's. God damn it! It's so and even the good. Even small, the small things about his character that aren't little, acting related touches. Touches like he has really severe asthma, but they don't overplay that. Mm-mm. But during one of the the there's a knockdown dragout fight with him and David Caruso. It's the big and boss, it, boss, yeah, the, the big boss, fight at the end, yeah, and it it ends up affecting him. But it's not like one of those things where like, oh yeah, well it's the paying off for the knowing about it. It was it feels natural and right. not it's, like it's it's not a setup and payoff, it's just a it's thing. It's just a thing. It's just a thing that his, his character His father has. died from having lung like, issues. Lung issues. Oh, like God damn it. That when he's talking about his father dying and he's like Do you know what it's like to have goes, asthma? It's like breathing, breathing through, through a, a flattened flat straw. straw. This thing I take one hit off of this and it makes, you know, and it all goes away. And he goes, if I ever get like that, he's talking about his dad. Yeah. He goes, if I ever get like that from genetics or whatever, I think it's, you know, he goes, uh, if, if I ever get like that because of genetics or whatever, silver bullet time, I'll yep. do it myself. And he puts his finger in his mouth. Not like, you know, like a little bit. Right. He puts his finger like all the way in his mouth and goes, Caw! and that sound yeah. sounds kind of like his inhaler. Yeah. God damn it. It's so fun. And it, he, uh, David Caruso reacts to it mm-hmm. when he does the gunshot sound. David Caruso like flinches a little, and I I think it's legit because the 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 gun motion and the sound he makes is so unusual that yeah. it startled me too. Yeah, I'm like oh, it's fucking weird mm-hmm. and it's awesome. Yeah, it's so so good. But that fight, that last fight, when he's beating up David Caruso. I kept waiting because he starts having an asthma attack while he's fighting. I kept waiting for like the, oh, okay, he can't breathe and David right. Crusoe is going to get the drop on him. No. No, it doesn't happen. He's a fucking fighting monster. He's having an asthma attack and you can he- see him struggling see to it, breathe. hear it. But yeah. he's still laying down the fucking hammer of God yeah. on Jimmy. And it doesn't deter him because it wouldn't deter him. No. That's totally in character. This great writing. It's great directing. And that performance is he's awesome. He's going to continue fighting until his body... Like until he passes the fuck out, because he's an animal. Yeah, at that when he's violent like that, when he's in that headspace, because mm-hmm. we've seen him be like yep. when he's mourning for his father, and when he's talking to Jimmy about when he's bonding with Jimmy about the taste of metal in his mouth and stuff. We've seen him as a human, but when he's in that animal mode, he's just that's just what he is. Mm-hmm. He's a predator, and nothing's gonna stop him. If he dies from not being able to breathe, well, that's just too fucking bad because he's fighting right now. Right. And what I lo- the other thing I loved is when Jimmy finally does get away from him. He hits his inhaler and he's fine. They don't. They don't. They don't dwell on. They don't it. dwell. They're yeah. not like, okay, well, he's having a really bad asthma attack and he's gonna pass out. And Jimmy, like, no, he just, he's like, oh, oh, god, finally, I get this inhaler. He gets it and he's good and he's good to go again and he keeps fighting. Yep. It's what a great little touch of realism. Mm-hmm. It's oh, God. It's so good. 
at that 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 performance that little character touch and the way he handles his inhaler too yep is really really realistic sometimes you'll see that the, 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 the acting inhalers you can act too much with your inhaler <gasps> where, or where you're like shake you're shaking it like you like shake it a bunch and then you bring it up to your mouth and you're like <sighs> and you, right. you breathe it out you know it's like the equivalent of like to be or not right. to be but with an inhaler and he he doesn't it's he uses it like he's not thinking about it. Yep. He's just like, Alright, I'm having a little trouble breathing and he pulls it out. He'll keep looking at people. Mm-hmm. He's looking around while he's doing it. He doesn't shake the fuck out of it. No, he, he just pulls pu- it out of his pocket. He pulls it out. He'll there's a bit in the beginning when he grabs Jimmy's shit cousin by the neck and Jimmy puts his grabs his hand like, Whoa, let go of my cousin and Nicholas Cage without even looking at him says, Remove the fucking hand. Yeah. And Jimmy takes his hand off. And then uh, Nicholas Cage lets go of him and he laughs and he's like looking around at people and he looks over at Jim and he's got his inhaler out, which you'd think there's a couple ways you could play it. He could be ashamed of it like it's right. a weakness, but he doesn't. It's just something he needs. Right. He pulls it out and he's looking at Jim and he says something, takes a hit and of, off his inhaler and then like exhales the inhaler hit while delivering a line. Mm-hmm. It's totally natural. He's not like audience. This is something he's had to do his entire life. Yeah, it's as it's, natural as, as anything else. And right? it's so yeah. it would be so easy to turn that into a bit of business. Into a moment or to a bit of business. Right. right. Like actors are always looking for a that bit, bit of, of business. business. Oh that my bit of business. God. Because I don't know what it is, but actors myself and yourself, I'm oh, sure included, me, yeah. you have so it's so hard to just sit still and say lines. Well, you saw Midsummer Night's Dream, right? <laughs> so I had to carry a scroll. I was so happy for that scroll that I got to keep it for a whole scene because it was something that I could play with. I didn't have to worry about what my hands were doing because right. I had a thing that I could play with. That's a big thing too. And it can be a crutch, and that inhaler could have been often a, crutch, a crutch, right? But like, when when the audience is looking at you and you're just standing listening to dialogue, you are not interesting, right? And you people aren't always interesting, so that's a hallmark of a good performance right. is being able to just stand and listen. But if you got a scroll in your hands, you can twist it. Yep, you can or you can fill it. it with the you can band. fill it with it. Yeah, you're doing something. Yeah, you feel like you. It helps keep you in the moment too. Mm-hmm. Because if you're just standing, you're you start connected to, to something. You start to yeah. think about shit, and you're yep. like, I wonder if the audience is digging this. And yeah, you yeah. get out of the moment. But if you're fucking with the scroll, or if you're shaking your shaking inhaler, your inhaler, right? Or if you're, you know, like he could have, he could have. There could have been shit where he's sitting and popping the cap on and off. You mm-hmm. know, like just something to do. But he doesn't. A little bit of business, but doesn't he didn't, ever yeah. do it. I Oh, it's such a it's it's a truly masterful masterful performance, yep. and it reminds you why Nicolas Cage has gotten so much work. Lately, it's well, because yeah. he says yes to everything because he has to, and that's the, an unfortunate yeah bit of business too. But whatever, I well, don't know the man's business, right? There's, there's I just find it sad because I am a huge fan of Nicolas Cage. Always yeah, have been, always will be. Into, I think that's another reason why I got so mad about Drive Angry because it is like Sharknado minus Sharks and Nados and it's bad. He deserves better than that. Well, Michael Fassbender is about to be that. in Kung Fury. The um, movie. Uh, I kind of am looking forward to that, <laughs> actually. <laughs> um, but it's they just got like, a lot of people in that movie. It's there's so there's I I feel like. Actors like Nick Cage, like sort of what happened with Robert Downey Jr., right? Hmm. Like he was, he had a great, fantastic career as a as a young actor, and then he got himself into some fucking trouble. Chaplin, less than zero. Yeah, yep. right. And then he, and then he got into drugs after um, Natural Born Killers, right? So 
And right. then he was like blacklisted by Hollywood for a long time. Notoriously impossible to work with. Yeah, for over a decade. Mm-hmm. And then through like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Thank you. The, with Val Kilmer. That is a, um, that's an that's, amazing We should be watching movie. that one for, that was a, for his like. That was his comeback. That was his comeback. And without Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Shane Bang, Black. I don't think, I, I bring up the Marvel do, Cinematic he doesn't Universe because he Man. lives there. He would, John Favreau does not see him no in Kiss, Kiss, way. Bang, Bang. Because I think John Favreau had some sort of produ- pro- producer, producer credit, credit or something. Or knew, like, they're not maybe directly connected to, but there's some connection there. Well, and that movie is really underappreciated. You don't hear about it a lot. When it's you... kind of like Lucky Number Slevin and shit like that. Like, there's a lot of really interesting movies. Which is another that... fucking awesome movie. Yeah. People, d- when I, like, I mentioned Lucky Number Slevin, and occasionally you'll meet. You meet people who are like, I think I saw it. I don't know. But then you'll meet people like film film people. Right. And they're like, that movie's fucking awesome. Right, yeah. And then the same thing with it's Kiss Kiss. It's a weird sort of Romeo and Juliet story. People <laughs> all the time are like, like, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Uh, I didn't, no, I didn't see that. When did he do that? And I'm like, you. I literally think that that might be one of his three best films. Mm-hmm. Like Chaplin is Chaplin is something. Chaplin is Chaplin. Chaplin is its own thing. It's almost like it's almost like Citizen Kane, where you yep. can't consider can't touch it. it. Really, yeah. So if you take that out of the equation, Iron Man is amazing, mm-hmm. and that's silly. It almost sounds silly to say about a superhero movie, but, but him, his Tony Stark is him as perfect. Yeah, that and that performance, <laughs> perfect. His his Tony Stark is perfect, but him and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. That's my favorite Robert Downey Jr. movie. Mm-hmm. Period. I love Sherlock Holmes. I think those movies are great. They're I fun. love a good Guy Ritchie movie. Yeah. I like all the Iron Man movies, but there is I um um fuck the soloist mm-hmm. with Jamie Foxx. I thought that movie that movie made me cry. That movie's right. amazing, but it's not Kiss Kiss Bang I am Bang. Ready that f- movie's so I'm ready for movie. Nick Cage to have his Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I mean, like it's I feel like he's been paying the devil his due long enough. Well, it's the IRS. Since, oh, I understand yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But that doesn't mean you have to keep making Wicker Man and you keep making Witcher, whatever the fuck. What, and, yeah, and the drive Witcher. Angry and, and, and he does a lot of low budget indies. He did Save, Ghost Rider was like almost like he did two of those. And that was, you know what I think his his Kiss Kiss Bang Bang should have been, or 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 his Iron. Yeah, it would be more his Iron Man. But I right. think it's the movie where he shone and could have ridden the wave. I don't. Maybe Hollywood wouldn't let him. But right? Did you see? You saw Kick Ass. Oh yes, he played the Batman uh, role. We'd seen so much like goofy Nick Cage, and then Kick Ass. He's so. Good. I always forget about that. He's because so he's good, so in, good that in that movie. Yeah. That movie's not a like what we we I we picked Nick Cage partially because of his bad reputation. He's fun to talk about because right. a lot of the times his performances are over the top. Matchstick Men, one of my favorite mm-hmm. movies. That performance is off it's the way wall. over the top. But, Love it too. Though. But seriously, in 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 Kick Ass, that's like I'm not gonna say that's as good as his performance here, but that's great, Nick Cage. Mm-hmm. That's like truly good acting. He's, and that could have very well been his. Should have been. Should have been. It should have yeah. been because he's capable of. I mean, f- fuck, dude. Look at we keep mentioning it, and we'll get to it at the end of the month. But when you watch Raising Arizona, when you watch this movie, Nick Cage is a Robert he's like a Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. but um to I guess in like a Eugene O'Neill's dad kind of way that's such an obscure reference that is thank you I don't think people are gonna get it I'm gonna have to but look it up he's blunting Eugene O'Neill's dad was an actor who got with a traveling production of a play and he was a very talented actor but 
it's pretty universally accepted that he stayed with that production so long and got he played one role for like a decade and it blunted his talents because he only had only that in had his that. repertoire. So went later he was like this is you know this I'm I'm better than this. I need to spread my wings. Right. He didn't have it in him anymore. He'd lost that ability because he'd he'd blunted his talent with this same role over and over. I'm almost worried that in a way that's oh, the Nick Cage shit. that we're getting cuz he's playing again and again. He's playing these big weird People are letting him do whatever he wants. He's not working on his craft. He's paying his bills and he's taking like, like shit. Was Face Off like the beginning of the end for of him? Like that was the tipping point because he was like just Nick Cage crazy at that point. Or I don't know. I mean, that's a whole other conversation. But like Face Off. <laughs> okay, Face Off is a guilty pleasure movie. Yeah, you like it too, right? Well, I'm a John Woo fan, so of course. Come on, who doesn't fucking love Face Off? Is John Travolta acting like Nick Cage and Nick Cage acting like John Travolta? I mean, who and, doesn't want? And you know what? They don't do a bad job. They do a real they good job. They do great actually. impressions yeah. of each other. It's <laughs> Which great. Is but yes, that movie is very weird. It's the start right. of like the weirdness. I think like the the low point, which is weird. Okay, there are there's bad movies and then there's bad good movies. Right. And Wicker Man. Wicker Man, yeah. Wicker Man is like the low that's like the nadir of fair enough, yeah. of Nicolas Cage's career, I think. But have you ever I mean Netflix has like 15 Nick Cage movies on there. Have you ever spun one of the ones you've never heard of? Not really, no. I was just lazing around home one day and I was like, mm, I'm going to check this one out. I, there's a movie on there called Trespass. And what I like about Trespass is a lot of the performances are shit, but Nick Cage is good in it. Interesting. The movie sucks because they don't have any money. Right. The director's kind of not, doesn't know what he's doing. The DP is just like, looks like student film and all the actors are shitty, but Nick Cage is good in it. And I'm like, he's trying. Right. Like there are movies. He's not trying in Drive Angry. There are movies like <laughs> Drive Angry where there's just nothing you can do because, and you know, it, but, but tell me as an actor, mm-hmm. if someone was like, Hey, do you want to play like a guy from hell and all the dialogue's pretty shit and like, you're just going to be like way over the top. That sounds, I do it. You do it. It sounds fun. But like movies like Trespass, there's another one. Ah, fuck. I can't remember the name of it, but there's another one where like his family gets kidnapped and he has to go and it's like kind of like kind a of like taken almost. Yeah, it's like or, a take. Yeah. It's like a taken knockoff or whatever. But again, it's weird. Like he's good in it, but the, the rest movie's of it's not shit. great, yeah. and the plot's shitty, and the dialogue they give him is bad. But what he manages to get out of it is kind of surprising. It's not like this where you're right. like, "Whoa, Nicholas Cage!" Bleh, right. Bleh. <laughs> but like watching that movie, you're like, "That was you sucking his dick." That I was love me that. sucking yeah. Nick Cage's dick. Yeah. But like watching the, like the, those Netflix ones. Yeah. There are some shit movies on there, but every once in a while, you'll hit one of those Nick Cage movies, and you're like, "This movie's dog shit." But wait a minute. But Nick Cage. Is and he's good. pulling it off, man. He's he's true. He deserves to be an A-list yeah. Hollywood actor. Yeah, I would love to have him have him back. I'm sure he would love to have, have him, him back. back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. Well, he, he when he, when you buy action comics for like one million dollars or whatever the fuck, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I don't know. Whatever. I it's it's a it's a bit of a bummer. It is. Let's, can we talk about Samuel L. Jackson for a second? Yeah, I was going to say, well, I want to talk about Sam Jackson a We little haven't bit. talked about this movie in like 20 minutes. No, it's fine, because this is Nick Cage month, so it's this is the, the movie Kiss of Death is our vehicle to, to to have an excuse to talk about Nick Cage for as long as we we deem necessary. I love when we drink scotch in podcasts. Oh my God, it's fantastic, <laughs> isn't it? Sam Jackson in this Samuel movie. Samuel L. Jackson in this movie is, he has the one of the bigger arcs. 
He and, does. Him and he, David Caruso's relationship is that completely changes by the uh, through the course of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, because even though David Caruso doesn't fire the gun that that damages Samuel L. Jackson's character's face, he gets right. shot in the face, and he he constantly cries out I of the love one eyeball. Caruso's line: "I took the same bullet you I did." I took the same. Yeah, he got shot. Literally through the took hand, the same bullet, and that bullet went through David Caruso's through Jimmy's hand and into Samuel L. Jackson's face. Right. The dr- it's the drunk guy who that the Nick Cage guy. threw out of the fucking truck. David Caruso drags him back in. Right. And he, he wakes up and him. sees cops, right. freaks out, and shoots. So, but like Sam Jackson's character blames David Caruso for that injury, right? Requests, he requests to to be put on his on his case as like a um, revenge as a revenge thing. thing, essentially. So, but by the end of the film, it's they're not necessarily buddies, but there's an earned respect between the two. I of them. love that you said that because that was my big note was that uh, um, when Sam Jackson's character, the bond that they share, does right. not come from like. No, it does not. But I think a lot of it is born. There's two things I think it's born from. Um, the scene when he finally, when Jimmy finally gets his day pass to go see his daughter. Right. And it's Sam Jackson and the the shitty cop who's always right. abusing prisoners, which is kind of weird to watch in 2018. Where it you're is, like, isn't it? We see this on the news a lot. People yeah, like this that isn't a guy. charming little thing. You anymore. probably have shot a few unarmed people. In the right. Back. But uh, yeah, but that guy, they drive out to a pier, and he gets. He uh, that Jimmy gets out of the car. They take his cuffs off him. Sam Jackson's pulling his jacket off and pulling his, and he's glaring at him. And yep. you're like, okay, well, this is the this is the fa- you know the the beat down scene, right? And I love this scene because Sam Samuel Jackson he's he says he when he uh, he can't stop crying. Right. He's got one third hearing in the ear on the side that he got shot on. And when he gets in direct sunlight, he's got a migraine. Basically, this bullet has really, really Im- messed him up. It's messed him up. It's impacted his life. It affects his like days out on, with his kids at the beach. So this is the scene where he's going to beat the shit out of the guy that he deems responsible. And Jimmy stands there and he gets punched in the face and he shakes it off. And then he takes like three or four sh- hard hits to the stomach, which are Weird punches, right? Yeah, yeah. Weirdest flailing punches I've ever seen. Flailing haymakers from the undercut. But he he goes to the ground and he gets up and he puts his hands behind his back. And Sam Jackson raises his fist. And I specifically noted David Caruso's flinch acting is awesome because he doesn't. It's not like a. Like a stupid flinch. No, it's like it's a, a cringe. Yeah, it's like a, there's a little bit of a twitch, and his eye closes like he's bracing for impact, and it's it's amazing. It's it's I love I love small acting. Oh, I know you do. The the yep. <laughs> that little stuff is just that's that's what just lights me up. And seeing that that oh god that cringe is so good. He's it's not he's not even like turning his head away. He's gonna no. take it. He's ready to he's take legitimately, it. Legitimately uh, bracing for a punch. Like yeah, and it's David Caruso, the human so being, fucking, is like I'm gonna get hit. Mm. It's so right. realistic. And Samuel L. Jackson like doesn't hit him. And David Caruso realizes that Sam Jackson's not going to hit him. And rather than say something snarky, like, he goes, can I go see my kid now? Right. That's the first moment. Because you expect a big beatdown where Sam Jackson's going to be yelling explanations and exposition like, there is none. My ears ring all the time, motherfucker. Right, right. I can't go to the beach with my kids. But that doesn't happen. He hits him twice and the whole thing fizzles out. Because David Caruso doesn't fight back. He's like... Like, man, can I go see my kid now? Look, I know, can I go see my kid now? Like I know you're I know you're mad, but come on, man, please. Right. That is the first moment. That's the seed. Yep. Where Sam Jackson's like, 
Well, why am I? Why you why notice am I harboring this? Before right. that, he called when he's like wearing the wire and shit. He calls him scum. He says yep. a couple of assholes meeting you and your scum friends, you and yep. your shitty friends. After that scene, he stops talking to him that way. He he later gives him shit in the car when we he gives him the explanation. But David Caruso in that moment, because there is a a little bit of of camaraderie not camaraderie, not camaraderie. Uh, but you know what I'm saying yep there's like an understanding there's an, or an un- unspoken sort something, of something something is something. happening right. yeah yeah there's there's a there's a, a tendril between the two men in some right. way and he goes you know like if you don't if you take that wire off again I'll beat you to death and David Caruso goes ne- how about next time you lay a hand on me that beating won't be so one sided right and it's the first time he stood up to him because now he's not about going to see his kid and about his family because his family's protected he's like now I'm a man now, I'm a man and now we're dealing as right. men the second moment is when he, when, Jesus, this is going to make me cry. When Jimmy walks out to the lake uh-huh. and his daughter's sitting on one side of a teeter-totter and there's two armed guards with rifles and the district attorney is just standing and ignoring her uh-huh. and there's three people and no one is acknowledging his kid and Sam Jackson's nearby and Jimmy walks down and he walks past the DA and he says, you couldn't have played with her for one second. Oh, God. God damn you. And then he goes and he pushes the the the, the teeter totter with his hand and he goes oh up in the air baby hold on and he starts playing with his kid yeah and Sam Jackson comes down and you get the idea you get the sense based on his line delivery because you can a, as good as Nick Cage is in this Sam Jackson has some really fucking awesome moments yep. acting moments too when he comes down and he's got his um. David Caruso's wife dies while he's in the joint, but his ba- he basically marries the babysitter. Gets he marries with the a ba- babysitter. babysitter. Yeah, this is so weird. Touch weird. This is, I'm That's like the only really weird part. Like, how is like, he married the 15 year old babysitter? He did. He married the babysitter, yeah. but uh, she's studying for a child psychology exam. Yeah. Um, and Sam Jackson comes down, and there you can see it in his face. He was coming down with those to be like, "Here's your wife's test, right, or whatever." But seeing that you couldn't have played with her for just one second, and going to play, and just Fucking ignoring, ignoring everything to play with his kid. His kid matters. And earlier, he remembers that beatdown. Yep. Can I go see my kid? And when he comes down, Sam Jackson is a different guy yep. than when we've he ever comes seen. Down. Yep. It's such an amazing he changes arc. right there. Yeah. You, can see, you can see it in those line delivery. There's like yep. a fake, there's a, a stilted joviality. That but then it becomes a like it fades real. away. Yeah. yeah, he has this stilted joviality where he's like, "I got your wife's tests here. Think we can monitor to make sure she's not cheating." You know, he's trying to be like off the cuff. Yeah, and David Caruso is just like, "What are you fucking what talking, are you talking about? about? She's not going to take it. T- Those guys have machine guns. Yes, the DA is standing ten feet away. My, I, you know, I'm, I'm." What are I'm you, here to play with my kid. Like, well, it's not even I'm here to play with my kid. He's like, look, my life is. Right. My wife's not taking tests. We're guarded by men with machine guns. <laughs> right. Things are fucked up, Sam Jackson. And like, look what you, I'm trying to help you. And what are you guys doing for me, Dick? That's what you're doing for me. And yeah. you can. That's when Sam Jackson's fucking awesome performance shifts again. And rather than being like, well, you know, here's those tests anyway. I'm gonna wipe my eyeball some more and walk away. He goes, <laughs> I gotta wipe my eyeball. He goes, I'm I'm going into the city, and maybe when I come back, I could bring my little girl. She's about her age, and they could play together. Yeah. And you, oh my God, David Caruso's face when he's like, he goes, that would be real good. Yeah. Jesus. Ugh. Jesus. Great performances across the board. This movie is really good. Yeah. Uh, it it's another one of those things where I. 
because it's a movie that I haven't seen in so long, I was expecting to like it because I have very fond memories of watching it. But it's like I enjoyed it more on this viewing than I remembered enjoying it just because of the, you know, one, I'm older now and I get some of the stuff a little bit more. And I don't know. And, and, and watching it for a podcast, and I said this before, it's like we part of the joy of, of us doing this show is watching movies for the express purpose of, of digging into them. And yeah, man, it's, I'm going to be watching. I watched this movie twice preparing for this podcast. Right. I didn't intend to do so. I watched it once <laughs> like three weeks ago and then we ended up doing, I think one of our, uh, our Patreon episodes and then we switched to drive angry, but I wanted to make sure that I was fresh on it. So I watched it again. I'm like, I'm really glad that I watched it twice. Cause you do pick up on those, there's a minutia. There's there's acting moments and there's plot. There's plot things. When happen you're watching, that, you know, talk about it. You don't. You're not just entertained. You're absorbed. Absorbed by right. the film because you you look you look more closely. It's yeah. like it's like if you were walking through a museum to look at all the pretty colors, or whether you stop and look at a painting. Right. That's what that's what what because you know it's hard to watch movies now because we just oh my god I can't not well and also we watch so many because we're right. doing we're doing four a month for the regular, the regular series show. and right. we're trying to watch like about four a month for the Patreon too so we're watching like eight movies with critical eye but I am still managing to squeeze a couple in I watched yeah. one on Netflix the other day called Super Dark Times. And I was like, I'm just going to watch this to veg out. And, yep. But you can't. Can't. You I'm, can't anymore. Once your brain is wired. <laughs> I'm wired to like watch movies critically now. And I did I did it with like like watching cartoons and like episodes of Pokemon. Now I'm like, you can't just. So that Charmander. You did. I felt <laughs> that there was. A little more. When he said Charmander. Charmander. There was, was something lacking. Something a bit of a flat performance. I wanted it, another take. The writing was pretty weak. Um. I, I noticed uh, it was a TV it was an episode of TV. Bird and I were watching Star Trek the other day, uh, Next Generation. Mm-hmm. We're working our way through it. It's fucking killer. I love TNG. And I I reached for my pen. We were sitting there. It's like some episode where Data makes another. He makes another android like himself, and it's his child. And I was right. like, I was like, the fucking social implications of this episode right. are amazing. You and reach I, for your pen. I tuck it. I tuck my pen. Anytime I'm sitting, because I never know where, I don't always have pockets, I tuck it in my collar, like up by my neck, so that I can just reach and grab it, and I reached for my pen, and I was like, where's my fucking pen? And I looked down to see if it was on my notebook, and I'm like, no, no there's it's no, no, 11 my, o'clock, I'm just watching, <laughs> watching TV Star with Trek my wife. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> what shit? True story. This is another, uh, this is not Nicolas Cage's only movie about car thieves. Gone oh, in 60 Gone seconds. in 60 Seconds, which is a remake of a, a 1960s Another, movie. Yeah, he does seconds. a lot of remakes about car thieves. About car boosters. When they, were, when they were ripping off cars, I was like, uh, David Caruso has a, a line where he's like laying down with uh, the babysitter, which is so weird. so weird. But he was laying down with the babysitter and he's like, I like stealing. That's a great speech, by the way, when he's talking about oh, how he, he likes stealing cars. He doesn't he like being alive. a criminal, right. but you get you get so such a sense of his background. Right. Where like he he always felt like shit and he never felt like anything, and stealing cars made him feel good. It made him feel good about himself. But yeah, he realized something he was really good at. Yeah, and he realizes that it's all hollow because he's like it didn't mean anything. Because when I got caught and when you go and in, go inside and do time, that's real. And you're like, oh shit, oh, shit. it's a great speech. Yep. But one of the aspects of it is he's like, you know, there was not a there wasn't a model of car that I couldn't jimmy uh, jimmy wire and get on the road in ninety seconds. I'm like. Pfft. 
Nick Cage can do it in 60. (laughs) Immediately, (laughs) first thought. And then, like, because I I loved this movie, but for, like, 10 seconds, I was like, I want to watch Gone in 60 seconds. That was a great movie. (laughs) Yeah. That's a lot of fun. This was Nicolas Cage's, this was his time. Yep. Was the 90s. Because that's Gone in 60 seconds, too. It's, like, 99. If 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 it's it's 2000, it's, like, 2000, 2000. It's really early 2000 or late 90s, but, like. Yeah, Robert Duvall. I mean, that's a great. That's an awesome flick, and uh, that's a Jerry Bruckheimer too, I think. <laughs> Jerry Bruckheimer does not always knock things out of the park. I must mm, say, that's and another. I know episode. he's your favorite director. Excuse right? me, is he? No. Oh my God, who's that's it? a fist fight right who's there. Who's your favorite director? Can you let me punch you once? Who's your favorite director? Steven Spielberg. What? Followed closely by not. Who, who did Time Bandits? Who did Time Bandits? Yeah. I'll give you a guess. He was in Monty Python. Is Time Bandits not your favorite movie? Time Bandits is no. But just casting this. Who the fuck am I? T- somebody <laughs> Terry I know. Gilliam is oh, my second favorite. Oh, right? that's what I'm thinking yeah. of. Terry Gilliam is your second favorite director, right. and Time Bandits is Mike Rutecki's favorite movie. Hi, Mike. If you're listening, you're probably not. I do love Time Bandits. Though. Okay, yeah. I, I used to hang out with this guy, and we'd talk movies all the time, and he'd always wrap it of somehow wrap it up, back, it, to like, back to Time, Time Bandits. Bandits. And I'm like, what the fuck is your obsession with this movie? He's like, Time Bandits is the best movie ever best made. Movie? I'm like, I'm going to disagree with you strongly. I'm glad you like it, but what are you talking about? What the fuck? Have you ever seen Kiss of Death, the best crime movie since (laughs) Since Scorsese's Scorsese's Goodfellas? Um, What do you think of Helen Hunt in this? She's not in it for very long. She's not in it for very long. I forgot how early she... she... She, I was stunned. She's on the cover and she's like top billed in the front credits. She dies in the first 15 minutes of this movie, maybe 20. Her arc is really weird and I was really impressed by how... how much her arc is going from not drinking a rolling rock to drinking a rolling a rock. whole rolling rock right she drinks like that like th- nine she tenths almost of that the beer. wrestlers the, the rolling rock she could have wrestled we don't know we don't know if we'd been watching her no she like drinks like nine tenths of yeah. that beer but she does it in like 10 seconds like less than i love how they show that she drank the beer which is just it's all over her it's lips. all over her face and she I'm has like, to like you're the worst beer drinker i've ever seen you need a straw <laughs> someone get this girl a straw um but no she's yeah she's the vodka that was heartbreaking for me yeah when she's drinking up the vodka well when she he orders a vodka and yeah. then walks away and she has she a glass more well, she, I think she, or like, because we don't hear what she orders, but she has the same glass, so you think maybe she ordered some vodka, mm-hmm. and then we we have a long shot, and they it's basically a reverse, because some characters are talking about her, and they look across the bar. This is actually a really good, this is a really awesome moment, because there's a lot of different performances happening. Mm. She picks up his vodka and pours it in the glass, and it, uh, the scum, I can't remember his name, <laughs> but scumbag is talking to Junior, the big mafia right. boss, the like mob boss who's little Junior's dad. And June, uh, her husband is doing, uh, David Caruso is doing time for them. So they're trying to take care they're of her. They're taking care of her, right. And he said, the Junior goes, you giving her 400, you, you paying her? And Junior go, uh, scumbag goes, yeah, 400 a week, but he's not. He's giving her 125 a week right. and has roped her into working for him so that he can get in her pants. Yeah, so he can fuck he's her. He's angling, yeah. yeah. 
So you get this. I, it's weird how much mm-hmm. res- weird you 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 are horrified by what the mobsters are doing, but you have a weird respect because they are they're all trying, tra- they're taking care. They're of. They're following their principles, right. which aren't your principles, but they're following them. Yeah. So he's like, you know, four hundred a week, and he goes, get her a car too. And they look over, and she pours that vodka into her glass. And when they cut back, Junior looks so sad. Yeah, he looks. He very looks sad. heartbroken yep. to that that she's drinking. That she's because he would know that that she has been on the she's, wagon. She's been her, on the wagon yep. because uh, uh, Jimmy's part of their old crew. Yep. And they even talk like, "You guys used to party all the time, you know. I'm a fucking scumbag." And she's like, "Yeah, that was a not too long ago." But she's so she's sober now, yeah. and Jimmy's on the straight and narrow. But now Jimmy's back in, and he's doing time, and she starts slipping too. She starts drinking, and you can see that the bothers Junior. Yep. And then when scumbag comes back over, and he's like, "You want some more vodka, baby?" Oh, and he's like leaning into I'm her, like, putting his arm wanna, around her, all and he's like, disgusting. like his face is near her ear, and he's like, "I just want to do nice things for you," and like, mm, "I just like, want to take care of you, baby." Just rub it on you a little bit, like. It's, yeah. He's being real so gross. T- like full on creep. Junior sends little Junior over. He he lets the bull- he doesn't let the bulldog off the chain, but he lets the little chain out. Yep. And Junior goes over and he goes, "Hey, my dad says to take her home. Yep. Take her to her house." He Junior knows what's going on. Oh, he knows. And Nick Cage too. Later on, when he bonds with Jimmy, that's part of it. Yeah. Because he, he he also was like, that was shitty what your fucking scum cousin did. And part of what I like about that is he's the one who beat his scum cousin to death. Yep. Sure <laughs> is. Got his uh, blood all over his nice CD player. The, uh... I have I Now I have just kind of like little housekeeping sure. notes, basically. Um... B.A.D. on the little girl's forehead was one of the spookiest things that I've seen in a movie in a long time. Oh, when they sort of temporarily kidnapped David Crusoe's daughter and to make them know that they're being watched and they put bad on her forehead. That was crazy. When those those girls roll up and they're like, we're looking for this hot hell. And the FBI guy's like, hey, uh, yeah, I just know. Take their eye off the kid and then the kid gets And they turn back. The, The fact... That 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 swing with no one on it, with no little girl on it anymore. Yeah. That she, he was looking away for like thirty seconds, and they are surrounded. There's a house on one side. There's a road. There's the FBI guy, and then there's an like she's just gone Jeez. from in the middle of all this. It's such a daring snatch that yes. you're just like Jesus. And then when David Caruso finds, they go running in the woods, and they're like, you know, he's screaming her name. He does some weird acting there, like some weird, like, oh, my bones are all weird. He's walking all funny, and I'm just like, I don't know about this, David Caruso. His bones are all funny. <laughs> He's like, they're rubber bones. He's like, ah, where's my girl? I don't know. I'm trying to scream it up. My hair is so red. But he finds her teddy bear. And then he, like, sees a log and hears something and looks over the log, and she's and like, there she's sitting. She's like, like kind of kneeling and leaning against it. And she's like, I want my my mommy, mommy. who's Uh, dead, which is real rough. And then she turns, and you see in red on her forehead, B-A-D. The acronym thing is, Nick Cage says earlier in the movie, he's like, you know what an acronym is? I love that bit. Oh, he's always trying to find out. You need to find your acronym. He's like, what about uh, F-A-B, fucked at birth? (laughs) No. No. It's too negative. (laughs) Dude, he's so good in this fucking movie. But his his acronym for himself is B-A-D. B-A-D. It's uh, Balls, Attitude, Direction. And he... uh, he says basically like you know help you focus your goals and move forward and that acronym is on that in it looks like blood it's probably not but right. like on her forehead 
that's a little girl. And somebody, somebody, somebody wrote that acronym on her forehead and was like, if you wipe that off, I'll kill your dad. Because yep. why wouldn't she? It fucked with me, dude. Like when she it's turns, spooky it's spooky. The thing about that, no one's around an adult and a, like a f- three or four year, four year old, four year four old, year old say, girl. Yeah alone in the woods and he's writing, writing on her, on her forehead. forehead that's fucked up man that's spooky as shit i loved that that's a great scene mm-hmm. that scene is amazing and then um little note when they're driving when the witness protection people i do this in the mic a lot by the way that like oh yeah i've noticed when i listen back and it drives me fucking nuts <laughs> but um when they're driving with the witness protection people and that guy, he's like, you know, like, where are you taking us now? And the guy turns back and goes, we can't stay in one place too long. It's not smart. The, the black guy who's driving with right. Samuel L. Jackson. I know. Well, now you're going to notice it. it. I think that guy is the bartender from Pulp Fiction. I'm like 99% sure it looks exactly like him and he sounds the like him sells too. sells him a pack of red apples? Yes. The guy Shit. is like... My name's Paul, and this, this is between, between y'all. Why are you fucking ask me about it then? Right, I think that that bartender is the is that guy. I'm, I'll have to look at that. I'm now. pretty sure. I know this is a take it to the IMDb, and we're not going to do it on air. So, listeners, if you're curious, go find out. You fucking lazy bastards. No, I'm just kidding. We love you. Please, God, give us money. <laughs> 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 um, my last note is: I think David Caruso killed a guy in this movie <laughs> when. <laughs> Like David Caruso actually killed a the person. Actually, I think he killed a fucking stunt double, dude. It's the most brutal thing I've ever seen. When he walks into the bar at the end, when he's gonna go confront Nick Cage's character, right. there's that he walks in and he's got a gun like in his waistband. But there's that first guy who turns and is like, "Hey." David Caruso like flat palms him in under the chin yeah. and that dude's head snaps back. He like he shoves him with two hands. He gets whack. He, yeah. He, it looks like he was meaning to push him with both hands at the same time, but that front hand hits <laughs> under his chin. And that dude's head like snaps back and around in such a way and he hits the ground yeah, too. That goes guy down. goes he down. He pretty I'm aggressively. Like, I watched it twice. I'm not kidding. I like saw it and I was like, Jesus Christ. Cause I thought <laughs> David like Caruso just killed the person. Well, I thought like, Oh, that was really good. You know, it's like one of the most notoriously difficult things to fake is stage violence. Cause oh, yeah. you don't want to hurt your coworkers. But you also want to sell it. You want to sell it. So I'm like, damn, that was good stage violence. And then I went back and watched it. And I'm like, David Caruso just fucked that just dude up. That dude. Like, <laughs> that dude is damaged physically from what David Caruso just did. His to him. career in film was over. Cause over. David Caruso. Yeah. He's paralyzed. Fucking gingers man David Caruso <laughs> just paralyzed that fucking guy it's insane how hard that dude's head snaps back you can see like his vertebrae spreading you're like Jesus. Jesus and then he walks over to Nick Cage and you're like Nick seriously don't fuck with this don't guy man this he guy. just he just killed an actor to sell a scene he killed Bob <laughs> Bob you know the guy from the, the friendly one at craft services who always yeah. asks you how your day's going <laughs> David Caruso just killed him <laughs> It's intense, man. It's super intense. Um, I as I just like dramatically threw. My I know. Notebook I saw that. Yeah, I guess you're done with your notes, <laughs> sir. <laughs> Shuck them on the floor. I, I mean, I'm sure I've got other shit written, but I was just. I'm like, I'm done. And I am done with you. I don't think I have anything else. I don't have. We didn't any... talk at all about Tucci. Stanley Tucci. Stanley the, the man. Well, the Tucci, you know, Tucherton. The, um, he plays the DA. And he eats a mean hot dog, man. He really does. There's a Stanley Tucci is just fantastic in everything that he is in, and even some like this. What's is the most a, recent thing that you've seen him in? 
Ooh, wow. I I don't. Well, is it, I mean, Summer Night's Dream, but that wasn't recent. I just recently old. rewatched it. I recognize him from something. But. Does he play? Is he in? Uh, he's not the guy from uh, Sherlock Holmes, is he? He's not the no. Bad that guy. is someone else. I always think of the Terminal because that's one of my. They favorite look really similar, though. No, is, they do. He's not the mayor from Gotham either. No, he. Is I mean, not. not Gotham. The mayor from uh, 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 the Batman movies, the Chris Nolan Batman movies. No, no, no. Look this up, and I will vamp because right, Stanley vamp, Tucci. Look he Stanley looks Tucci. so familiar, and in this movie, he has. He plays DA like he there's plays the, there's yeah. two kinds of DAs. There's like nice guy DA and then there's scum guy DA. Right. Um and he's a mix of both. In a almost. in a way, but he does for me he does scummy DA so well because the the scene I come back to is when David Caruso he when he, uh the DA is in the chaplain's office. You got something? When he's in the chaplain's <laughs> office and he walks in and there's Stanley Tucci and Sam Jackson and the shitty cop who's always abusing prisoners. He Guess played what? he played Merlin in Transformers the last night. Nothing. Got nothing. Nope. Don't care. Uh, uh, he, hold on, wait for it. The Hunger Games. Oh, he's Caesar Flickerman in The Hunger Games. Didn't see The Hunger Games. Okay. Too uh, modern for me. Not into that. Let me see. Oh, The, the Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 1. That's more Hunger okay. Games. Didn't That's, see it. Okay. Nope. Transformers Didn't Age see it. of Extinction. Didn't see any Transformers movies because uh, they're garbage. Muppets Most Wanted. Now that I also didn't see. Keep going. He plays Ivan the Guard. In that movie? Yes. Which I didn't see. Moving on. Ah, in Percy Jackson's Sea of Monsters, nope. Mr. Did D is who he it. plays. <laughs> Why Hunger, do I recognize him if Hunger I haven't Games seen him in anything else? Fire? Go farther back. Okay. Go hold back. on, hold on, hold on. Go to like on. 2010. Or um, I know that you uh Captain America, the first Avenger. He that. plays Dr. Abraham Erskine. Okay, I think there. he's a doctor from, from uh, that. But Yes. Yes, that's where I know him from. I just know to end him this loving, I know him lovingly from my, one of my favorite performances of his is in Steven Spielberg's uh, uh, movie The Terminal. Uh, the Terminal okay. With is was a Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks, like, yeah. But he plays um, uh, Frank Dixon, who is the essentially in charge of the airport. Okay, and he's trying to get tom hanks to leave the airport <laughs> okay but he can't force tom hanks to leave the airport so he's stuck in the situation where i don't want this guy in my airport i need him to leave but he just plays the bet i mean that's my favorite he makes that movie <laughs> okay but I'll, he but he also does things with food in that movie and i just appreciate his him and brad pitt and their food and their food, and their food is Dude, amazing the, you got it if you're if you're gonna be one of the greats you gotta eat well you have to eat well and smoke a damn sexy cigarette. If you can smoke a sexy cigarette and eat well, you can make it in this business. Dude, you're done. My my scummy DA moment is when David Caruso asks him if he's a man of honor, and Stanley Tucci throws that away yep. so casually. It's just like I think he says <laughs> sure. Oh sure. Well, he's just like he's like are you you know he's like are you a man of honor? And he goes yeah sure. And he's like, well, you know, like, okay, I'm, I'm, you know, like, if I do this for you, if I do this super dangerous fucking amazingly complicated thing you're asking me to do, will you cut me free once and for all? And Stanley Tucci goes, absolutely. But you don't believe but it you for don't a believe goddamn it for a hot second. Because he's slimy. It's such a good performance. Everything about this movie is great. I don't have anything else no. for it. I have reached my, the, the end. Yep. But, yeah, this movie's awesome. Yeah, it's, I, I would consider this uh, to be... 
in, in I would consider this a classic of the genre. I would put this the next crime to type uh, genre? Yeah, crime genre. Um I I would say it would probably be a must watch and it it's a uh, because I feel the story is unique enough and the characters are are unique enough to to uh to be by the Buy the damn DVD, people, and watch the fucking movie. <laughs> That's a quite a Jesus. review. Jesus, I you know what? And I uh, spend the ten bucks, get the DVD. We're not quite there yet. We got two weeks more to go. Who knows? Valley Girl might be a masterpiece. I have never seen Valley Girl. Neither have I. Yeah, I'm I've, excited I've about it. It uh, there's a clip of Nick Cage that pops up online all the time when they're doing like funny Nick Cage things. Oh, right. Or it's weird because I've seen it both in funny Nick Cage and also great Nick Cage performances. It pops up. So in, it goes in both. Lives it, in both worlds. It does. It oh lives my in God. both worlds, but there's a moment, there's a line that pops up again and again, and we'll hear it next week, which I think it's, I can't remember exactly, but I think it's like, oh, well, fuck you totally. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it pops up frequently, and I'm always like, wow, he's so young, and that's the movie and that it's from. One. I love it. But, uh, who, dude, I'm not, I'm not kidding. Like, when we do our shootout, there are a couple movies that I'm like, we can just forget that we watched those, right? This one? This one, yeah. This one might stand a chance. Yep. Like, this, this is in my shootout. Cool, awesome. for sure. Very cool. Um, all right, so... I have nothing left to say about this. I literally don't have anything yeah. either. Um, wh- I don't even want to do housekeeping. I just want to get out of here, give the people yep. their movie, and be like, enjoy. enjoy. Next week, we'll hit you with some housekeeping and all that stuff, but we loaded you up enough in the We front-loaded front. you. Yeah, and I'm sorry you had to sit through me fucking <laughs> not knowing what to say about <laughs> shit at the beginning of this episode. It's all good Next happen. week... We are uh, going to be, it'll be week three of Nick Picks, and we are doing Valley Girl, which is exactly, it looks like it's exactly what it what sounds like. It My be. God. Nick Cage, Deborah Foreman. The, the review on the front is Roger Ebert, and it's, his review is, it's awesome. Roger, Roger Ebert. Ebert said this movie was awesome. Sign me up, man. Yep. Sign me the fuck up. I can't wait. I can't wait either. We're going to round out our Nick Cage episodes with... You have an outro to, to oh, come up with, you dick. shit. I was going <laughs> to fucking write this down, too. Every single week, Um, sir. Jesus. I was good at this at one time. You were? I was snappy. It was the Westerns. <laughs> I didn't mean to put a question mark. You Damn, were? You were? Well, during Westerns month, man. You were, I was, you were, we you were riding into the sunset. I was oh, putting on our boots and spurs. I'm vamping for time. Yeah, I, I know you were. Tell. Um, okay, well, this movie, Kiss of Death, Nick Cage. My last week's sign-off was so shitty, too. It was terrible. <laughs> I did I did the ABCs, but it was... Oh, don't do that no, again. No, it was bad. It was just bad, and I hated it. <laughs> everything about <laughs> it, and I wanted to everything. die. And uh, you know what? If I ever do a sign-off that bad again, silver bullet time. <laughs>